This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen and automatic Andy. Yeah, hey, guys. I'm right over, I'm right over here. Yeah. <laughs> I can see your head poking out from behind my monitor. Is it is it weird looking? No, just uh, shiny. No, that's shiny. <laughs> it is pretty shiny. Uh, although I have to thank Rob for making sure that we're all air conditioned in the you know in the hot summer here. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Jen's freezing. Here we go. Yeah, thanks, Rob, because one of us would have to stop breathing otherwise. <laughs> There's too much air going around. Pull the straws. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had an interesting car week this week. I definitely have. So I started the week off driving the new Bronco um, in Austin, Texas. That was an experience. How did it feel? Um, Bronco. It, you know. It's an Ender Bronco right now. Yes. So, in other words, he had really, he had a lot of fun. Yeah. He can't tell you the rest. Oh. On to the next vehicle. Gotcha. (laughs) I will tell you that um, it's a lot more impressive than the pictures would lead you to believe. Really? Drive it, yeah. Were the the seats really seedy? Seedy the seedy seats. Yeah, were they CT? really? Were, did they feel I think good? there's a very difference between the words seaty and seedy. Seaty, yeah, exactly. Seaty, Yes, they were seats. I mean, they were car seats. They were truck seats. They were SUV seats. I will tell you that I'm always impressed by a vehicle can go places that I can't walk, which is different for all of us. Like that's a different level yeah. for everybody. Yeah. But if I can't walk up that hill and the and the SUV or the Bronco could drive up it. Yeah, now you got me. Now you got my attention. And the Bronco can definitely do things I physically can't do. Well, okay, that is a great theme for his next video. What? <laughs> Try to do the same thing the vehicle can do. Image <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you be sliding down Fox hills. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> morning show news segment. I'm doing things that the vehicle can do. Can I do what the vehicle can do? No, yeah. I couldn't. But that was the whole point. It'd I be kind of funny to watch. I can't wade. I can't yeah. wade up to whatever thirty inches, whatever the wading depth is. Mm. I can't remember it off the top. Of my I want to see him dance. Like then <laughs> I flew to Miami. By the way, I choose Austin and burned to death. I mean, I got serious sunage. We're and then, and it was it here. Yeah, but we have it all over the country. But yeah. I didn't tan up. I didn't tan block up. But it was a hazy sky, so it's misleading. Mm-hmm. When you're in an open-top vehicle, mm, the yeah. roof's off, the doors are off. You're like, yeah, I'm fine. Ouch. Why, do my, why is my skin bright red and yeah. hurts to touch it? Yeah, you got that. And then I went to Miami, and we had thunderstorms and pouring rain. What I was there the day that that horrible incident happened with the building collapsing. Yeah. And it oh, was just no. like... And it was raining, and I, all I could think of is this poor rescue workers in this storm trying to help everybody... And so, anyway, I was there for fun stuff. I went to this dealership in Miami. And you think car dealership. So picture a car dealership in your mind. Now I want to change your mind and tell you about this car dealership. It looked like an airport parking lot. It was so big, it had seven stories of parking garage. What? At the Yeah. And each story, you go in and it had all these rooms where vehicles were parked. It was like... 
honestly, it was like shopping for a car in your dreams. In a hotel. It was amazing. Yeah, it was like in a hotel. <laughs> wow. So cool. And um, I drove the new Jaguar F Pace, which has an amazing nice. new infotainment system, which is called Pivi Pro, which is made in America with BlackBerry. So, well, BlackBerry is a Canadian company, I guess. So, technically, BlackBerry does the software. If you're wondering what happened to BlackBerry's, they started to do software for vehicles. Knew, it's a marsing. I knew they it's were gonna a come Yeah, a marsing. Yeah, marsing. It's really, really cool. Amazing. The, yeah, you obviously <laughs> don't watch enough. Jen, you obviously don't watch enough popular TV. It's um, a marsing, and then okay. <laughs> and then I, I drove. I drove. Oh, and it, it, the chip is from Qualcomm, which is a San Diego company. Yes. And that's and that's really cool. And then I drove the um, Jaguar XF. Which is, I have to tell you, the drive in that excess, holy camoles. It's fast, it's tight, the steering's amazing, the, and then it has all the new equipment. The only thing they didn't change on the inside was the glove box. And I'm like, why? Poor glove box. Why? <laughs> they didn't get no more extra cubic inches? No. It, the glove box is the only thing that didn't get changed. Mm. I feel like the glove box got shorted slightly. In this, but the interior, amazing. Everything's amazing about that new vehicle. And then, the I got to drive the D ninety, the Defender Land Rover's Defender D ninety, which is the two door Defender version, and they are coming out with a V eight, the V six, amazing, three hundred and eighty five horsepower in this two door. It it's just and and, and they the just won a design award for that. Vehicle. Yeah, the first edition which I think are all sold out now. Mm -hmm. They're about $56,000, $60,000. They have a canvas roof, and it's just the middle part that's canvas. So yeah. you hit a button, and the roof goes away, and you have basically an open air. Nice. Do you remember the Fiat 500s, uh, Barts, when they had that roof? They have that, It's mm -hmm. kind of similar to that. But you, I didn't even know it was a canvas roof. It's so well made that I thought it was solid because oh, wow. I didn't hear the road noise or anything. And we found some standing water on the roads in Miami. Might have, might have driven. We might have driven through that water just Maybe. a few times. Got Maybe. the cars a little dirty. Yeah, yeah, but that's it's so utility. I like vehicles you can hose out. They have drain plugs and everything. You can hose it out. It's that cool. Um, I I like that a lot. So if you want to see just a tease of that, you just go to our, our auto expert on TikTok and see the video because I posted it already, the D90. The original D90 was 90 inches long. That's why it was called the D90. The wheelbase was 90 inches. This this one is 102 inches, the wheelbase. So is it the so, new D102? Yes, yeah, the D102. <laughs> sure, we could argue that point, I guess. But it's the D90, two doors. Oh, yeah, it's nice. It's really nice. Yeah. Um, you know, I like the four-door too, but more affordable, 56 and now I've just got to stop buying vehicles because I'm done. I was going to say, driving in this morning was interesting. I appreciate you leaving one spot open for me this morning. In the parking lot, which has, yes. no, which has no cars in it. Your driveway. Yeah. Oh, my driveway. Yeah. yeah. We didn't actually purposely leave a spot for you. Oh, okay. Then never mind. You're not. You're <laughs> it was an accident. <laughs> yeah, I think it just worked out that way. Because um, you were gone, right? Uh, we uh -huh. have to. So no, many and, cars. Andy's car, uh, automatic Andy's car is in the garage. Yeah, yeah now. I, had to, I had to park with the commoners. But but he, there's only a small space we can use in the garage because it's being painted right now. And so they have paper everywhere. And they said you can park in one vehicle in the garage that's not on the paper. So um, he put in his, his car in the garage and his single mom's car. 
in in mm. the garage, and then I put uh, all the other cars are in the driveway. Mm-hmm. It's busy, isn't it, at my house? I was just I knew what we were having today, and so the McLaren GT. Yeah, I was so excited. Yeah. I'm like, where is it? Yeah. Where is it? I figured he'd have it in the garage, but you have we're gonna, like we, a half it, million dollars. We've got a whole year. segment mm-hmm. on the McLaren GT yes, to we talk do. about. Let's uh, talk about what's on the show. Um, Mark One, which I think is probably the my favorite Mustang that they've made. Maybe I haven't got my uh, Marquee GT yet, which is on order, which is supposed to be built next month. I should have it by the end of next month. But you just drove the new Mark One, didn't you? Yes, but the GT is a whole different kettle of fish. I'm just, just saying. Asking. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Put your pants on because you're going to need them for the new GT. We're going to talk about the Mark One history with Ted Ryan today. Uh, Audi, who are one of the first companies to sort of do this cool electric cars, uh, the e- unless you count the Leaf. No, you don't count the Leaf. Uh, <laughs> the Audi e-tron GT, um, which I'm super impressed by, and if you go look at pictures of it, you'll be you'll be impressed by. Uh, which are the most American-made cars? They might surprise you. Which have the most American content in a vehicle? I mean, for the holiday season, we thought we'd mention this. Mm-hmm. You know, with obviously big holiday season coming up, and uh, the Kia Celluride. You know it as the Telluride, but it's the Celluride because it sells huge amounts, Celluride. and that's what Kia call it internally. <laughs> James Bell is going to talk about the 2022. What changes there are for it? Uh, I'd like that, too. I'd like to buy one of those, please. And uh, I also, obviously, we drove the McLaren. We're going to talk about that. Anton Warren is going to be here. And I've got some interesting news stories about vehicles that you probably own, buy, like, and they're going all electric. And when people found this out. So Land Rover is going all electric in 2024 and Jaguar is going all electric in 2023, which I actually have to say I think is a mistake. I think you should have at least one gas model. Otherwise, you're alienating your audience. Anyway. Correct. Um, you know, people might like the gas versions, but then they're coming out with a V8 in the Defender, which I'm like, mm. okay, there you go. That's it. Uh, <laughs> and I also love to talk to you about my BMW M8 competition, which I have. That um, I drove in today. You drove in today. This is the second time. I'm, I'm The more I drive it, the more I love that car. <laughs> it, it doesn't suck. I no, can tell you that much. it's amazing. Uh, and we also, uh, we've neglected to talk about a car which had, which is the 370Z Nismo. The 370 is going away um, at the end of the year, and it will be replaced by the Nissan 400Z. Um, so enjoy the 370 while you can, because there is little time to buy it and own it, and it's already a classic car. Um, I And I like that vehicle, but I think I'm going to like the new one a lot more, uh, because it's more sexy what Andy's falling asleep over there no he's you no. are you really he, you look like you're so tired uh-uh. did you have a rough night last night no uh-uh. no okay no, I wasn't falling asleep uh-uh. just checking uh the new <laughs> the new expression of the power of the Z is in that Nismo um and and then they're gonna have a new version of the Z so you know enthusiasts if you love your Nissan 370Z it's uh, probably a vehicle that you want to do. Sold out by t- for 2020, the 370Z uh, Nismo. Um, 321, yeah, you probably have to go get your pennies and count them out mm-hmm. and uh, and have a lot of fun with it because it going away. All right, so we are you guys ready to talk about uh, the, the Mark 1? I rode in it twice. You did? So it, for me, it's a Mark 2. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah. How many times you ride in it, it's a Mark something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original was in the 60s. We're going to talk about that coming up. Um, I love the color scheme of the one I had. Gray with orange pinstriping. 
Yeah, take that if you don't have one. All right, more Hour Auto Expert on the way. Stand by. Here we go. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show, our website, ourautoexpert.com. Here at the past show, see automotive videos and read inside of car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Uh, here with Truck Girl Jen and Automatic Andy. Uh, Andy, we got a chance. So, Jen, you didn't get to ride in the Mark 1 we had. Mm-mm. Andy, you got to ride in the Mark 1. Yeah, twice. It's uh, twice. A two twosie. Times. A twosie. Mark twosies. Um, I have to tell you that out of all the Mustangs, maybe the Mark E is a separate case because it's uh, an SUV Mustang, but out of all of the Mustang cars, uh, sports cars, I would tell you the Mark 1 is probably my favorite uh, purely because it gives you performance and Mustang heritage without being too out of control. The three, the GT350, the, the, the 500, they are amazing vehicles, but just a little too much for me. Um, and I know, it's me saying this. Can you believe it? Too much for me. Uh, to talk about the history and how we came up with this, uh, what happened with the Ford uh, Mark One uh, is Ted Ryan. He is the Archive and Heritage Brand Manager for Ford. Ted, welcome back to the show. So one of my favorite vehicles and uh, my favorite people, obviously going to be a fun segment. The Mark One has a rich history at Ford, right? It does have a rich history. And did you get to drive the automatic or the, the manual when I, you drove recently? I drove the automatic version, which I know the manual is uh, very sought after. But I think in, the press fleet guys probably put an automatic in there because they were tired of having to replace parts on the car for those journalists who don't <laughs> who pretend they can drive the manual but can't. <laughs> Well, the the Maki has an amazing. I'm sorry, Mach One has an amazing heritage, and I was fortunate to get to drive one a couple of weeks ago on Mustang Day as well. I got a loaner press fleet automatic, and uh, man, it just sounds good. It is good, it, and its heritage goes back to uh, 1968 when it was introduced as a '69 model year, and it looked mean and it looked different. Uh, to my mind, the first Mach One that jumps to to the Front of my memory is the James Bond one from Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, uh, with Jill St. John and and James Bond tooling around Las Vegas. And uh, what else would what else could you use if you're James Bond and a fully uh, prepped out Mach One that's powerful, sleek, and good looking? Yes, it is. And and they have been so beautiful over the years. They looked absolutely amazing in the different iterations, the different lifestyles of the vehicle. I will tell you that. Um, this, it holds some, um, it's the most track ready Mustang that you've ever produced is what I'm trying to say. Um, and it's also, you know, a mass production track ready Mustang. It also is a, a very reasonable price for those people that want a little more performance out of a Mustang, but, uh, don't want to step up to the big engines and the, uh, and the super sort of performance versions. I'm with you 100, percent and and I love the the GT 350 and the GT 500, but uh, I'm not a professional driver, so uh, I steer away from those a little bit. But I, the Mach One, uh, you know, it has the you know, it, Mustang varies between whenever the Shelby GTs are, are the most popular. A couple of years ago, the Bullet Heritage Edition, but now we've rotated back into the Mach One. And I think that we pulled off of the heritage of the Mach 1 perfectly with this new one. Uh, the only thing it doesn't have is the shaker hood, but there's reasons for that. And the way that they created the aerodynamic uh, grills to manage airflow uh, 
you know, it's 2021. We don't need shaker hoods to get air into the engine the way that we, we used to. But uh, it, the, the Mach 1 has that heritage and it has the roar. Uh, I assume you put it in the different modes to try it out. I, I was experimenting on uh, Highway 94 in, in Michigan, hoping I wasn't going to get a ticket. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just speeding along. It was on Mustang Day, and we were driving uh, as part of a Mustang virtual uh, driving cruise uh, heading along the highway, and I was in my Mach 1 following a classic 1965, so it was pretty fun. The uh, the color palette, you know, Ford always do really well with their color palettes. And uh, the one I had was this amazing sort of, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, it was a gray concrete color, but with sort of orange trim, um, orange lines around it. And I, though I've seen one, um, I had one on a TV show that I was hosting a little while back that was bright red. Um, I have to tell you that I'm really in love with some of these very cool product lines that... Um, you know, color lines and the Ford color and trim team materials team have done, team have done so well with making this uh, significant, making it slightly different, right? They do, and you know, we work closely with them. One of these days, uh, send me uh, have Jim send me an email, and I'll send you different color palettes for different vehicles for different years. Now we oh, actually wow. had the metal, we had the paint sample chips, so that I can tell you exactly what a 1969 red. Mach 1 would look like because I have the, the metal palette or the metal uh, paint chip. Oh, so wow. when, with the, the, the materials team come to the archives pretty frequently and we'll lay all the colors and cross samples and out on tables for different uh, vehicle lines so that they can get a feel. Not to go back to 1969. Nobody wants to do that. But it, it, the heritage and the DNA of the Mach 1 inspires them for a new one. Uh, I always feel like we've done our job uh, pretty well, yeah, particularly the, with the grabber colors. Yes, the grabber colors are, are the grabber colors. I like that. That's mm-hmm. what you call the launch colors, where people get super excited about the vehicle. Yes. Oh. Well, well, the grabber color is uh, uh, specific lines like grabber green and oh, grabber okay. blue. Uh, okay. Particularly within the Mustang line, the grabber blue is is yeah, uh, that's that. uh, is famous. That looks like the ocean in Greece. The grabber blue. Uh, and it, it comes with this unique instrument panel. They all have a chassis number, and there's a handling package which gives you those 19-inch tires, the dark tarnished aluminum wheels, uh, also these sort of adjustable strut top mounts. All of these things, if you really are into performance, you can kind of get all of those features added on. And then, of course, those exterior features as well. Lots of standard things like, uh, you know, the hood vents and the LED uh, sequential lights, which come standard on a lot of Mustangs. But then you get a lot of these sort of optional treatments that you can make it your own with over-the-top racing stripes, the ebony and the red accent or the ebony and the white. And you get the vinyl stripes in sort of anything that you want, the vinyl side ebony black and orange accents, which is the one I had. I have to tell you, done a really good job and made me feel very unique. But I'm not allowed to buy any more cars, so I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to steal your line, though, Nick. I love that. It's an approachable performance Mustang, and I, you know, that is a, perfectly sums up what the proposition for the Mustang Mach One is: an approachable Mustang that's got some power, uh, but doesn't have too much power, uh, like uh, like the special Shelby uh, variant. So uh, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm stealing that line. I have to tell you, this is sort of vehicle I could dr- drive when I was a little hungover and not worry about it too much because um, you know you can handle it. Ted, such a good job, such a good vehicle. Ted Ryan is from Ford, and of course, he heads up the archives and heritage brands, and that was the Mustang Mark 1. Stand by, more to come. You're listening to the R Auto Expert Podcast.
This is our Auto Expert radio show. Our Auto Expert is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us and ask us a car question. Also, find us on the TikToks. Just uh, message us. We'll be happy to help you out. This is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. So, um, one of my favorite cars of all time when we come to electrics is the Audi e-tron. The e-tron is probably the first electric car that I fell in love with. And for 2022, the e-tron GT uh, arrives with available premium electrified ecosystems, including three years of complimentary DC fast charging. It doesn't hurt to get free three years. It's hard to say. Three free years, free free years, three free years of uh, a juice, juice for your cars. What? Yeah, free, three and free are hard to say together. But uh, a man who's probably very used to saying them all the time, uh, because, you know, he has to do a lot of interviews, is uh, Matt Mustafi. He is the Audi e-tron product manager. So, Matt, first of all, uh, this is nice to get three free years of power with your car. I'm sorry, I'm having I'm, I'm trying not to slur my words when you say three free years. It's easy to slur, but it's a nice thing to have when you get your new e-tron. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Nick. Actually, you're right. It is. It is very. It's a mouthful. So we typically end up saying a complimentary three years oh, of uh, charging included with the car. Excellent. And and this is something that um, I guess you have you worked out the money of this. I guess it depends how far you drive, but it could be uh, you know several thousand dollars depending on how far you go, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's included with every Etron GT that you purchase. Uh, it's, you know, unlimited fast charging sessions for three years. So, you know, you don't have to worry, you know, when you have the car to just take any road trips anywhere. Uh, and we really wanted to sort of uh, break that barrier for, you know, electric cars going, you know, long distance trips. So, uh, yeah, having driven the e-tron and, you know, seen how quick uh, it can charge, especially the GT, uh, it just really makes that ownership experience that much more seamless when we include the charging with the car. Let's talk about that because uh, some stats that you guys have given out at Audi for recharging. So the things that really affect a lot of people is, first of all, price of an electric car. So they, they want to make sure that it's not super premium above what it would cost to have a gasoline version. Second thing is they need, they always want, and these aren't n- in no particular order. Some people value these things higher or lower. The second thing is that people want to make sure that it has a range. So the, you know, the longer the range, the more excited people tend to get. They also don't realize that battery technology is a certain way, and the more range you have it tends to be the bigger the car because it, need, it can get more batteries in it. And then the third thing that everyone wants to look at uh, is charging and charging times. Um, for me, it's charging times that are more important uh, out of all of those things because uh, premium vehicles obviously are uh, usually about the same price to get an electric version as it is to get a gas version of the vehicle. It may be you know up to $10,000 more depending on what the brand is. But the charging time numbers that you've given out, Matt, are pretty uh, astounding. So you say that this vehicle can go, the GT, e-tron GT can go f- for 2022 from 5% to 80%, which is about 180 miles in just 22 minutes. So you can get 180 miles in 22 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And what what we've seen is actually that it is really, you know, the car is actually ready to go sometimes before you are with that charging stop, which is crazy. So, uh, yeah, certainly on long distances, um, this thing is just, yeah, we'll eat up those highway miles. And, you know, when you do need that, you know, quick break, uh, grab some food, you know, use the restrooms, 
the car plugs into the Electrify America network, which is nationwide, uh, runs coast to coast, uh, and again, will charge up to 270 kilowatts of power, which, as you said, charges to 80% in just about 20 minutes. So it is uh, really quick. It's really industry-leading at this point. Um, we're really proud of that, uh, our, our charging capabilities with the car. That's the story of Andy, automatic Andy and I's life. The car is always ready to go before we are. Always, yeah. <laughs> every single time. It's uh, and it's it's true. We went to uh, we went to with one of your sister brands. We went that was electric charging. We went to uh, ch- the charging station at the local mall, and charge it up for free. And it, the car was done charging before we'd even got to the register. So it's uh, it's nice to see that happen. And then you've also uh, have this white glove concierge home charging installation. First of all, when you call anything white glove, I'm in. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is, as long as it has the words white glove in front. Uh, but the white glove concierge home charging installation is provided by uh, Qmerit, which is, is that how you say it? Qmerit? Yep. Qmerit. Um, they, so you can actually have a home charger that, that does well. You don't need to necessarily always go out. And yeah. So what we're seeing is, especially with our electric vehicles, most of the charging is just done at home. Um, so, you know, over 80% of our customers are just charging at home. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that if this is the first electric vehicle that our customers are buying, that they have a seamless way of getting set up with charging at the home, at their home. So we include uh, a charger with the car, uh, but it does require a high-voltage outlet, so you may not have that already in your garage. If that is the case, then, yeah, we've worked with Qmerit. Uh, you just go straight to our website uh, and essentially answer, answer a couple of questions. You get upfront pricing, a really seamless, easy experience. The electrician will come to your house, get you installed and ready to go. Uh, and, it, yeah, it couldn't be any easier. And as you said, yeah, exactly, white glove. For those people that don't really know, it's basically the same plug as your dryer, right? A 240-watt outlet, um, volt, volt outlet, sorry, that looks the same as your dryer um, that they install in the house, and then you sort of plug the system in, and that's how it works, right? Very, very similar to the dryer outlet. It's actually even more powerful, so your dryer will typically run around 5 kilowatts. Uh, the GT is capable of charging at almost 10 kilowatts at home. Uh, so it's yeah, it's very capable, but yeah, a little bit more even powerful than you are used to with your dryer outlet. Certainly, if you want to use your dryer outlet, if you have one nearby, um, you can use uh, sort of a pigtail adapter uh, with our charger to allow for that. But yeah, we are uh, of course um, encouraging our customers to take advantage of the full charging experience of the car to uh, really get that overnight charge at home from you know zero to one hundred percent. So just to prep you, Matt, that uh, we have a studio. Um, we have a TV and a radio studio that's capable of parking six cars in it, and we use it to store our vehicles when we're not, um, you know, doing live TV or radio. So that the radio, the TV studio, already has those charging points on the wall. So as soon as our, um, our GT, Etron GT, gets to us, which I know you're already uh, shipping it right now, as soon as it gets to us, we can plug it in right there at the TV studio. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear what you guys think of it. It is truly an amazing car from the acceleration, the comfort, the luxury, the convenience in the car. Uh, to me, it's the all around. It's the best all around car you can buy at this point. Does Tony Stark own one of these? <laughs> uh, he certainly uh, drove the concept uh, in the last Iron Man series. So um, check that out if you haven't already. But, uh, yeah, once once we get the car launched here in a few weeks, we'll make sure we get him at the top of the list. Okay. I'm just I'm just saying that, that you know, that makes it even more special yes. to 
Um, and I, I do love it. I, I'm starting to leave my absolute love of SUVs and starting going back to sedans and sports uh, performance cars because after driving a few recently, you forget how much fun and how much easier they are to drive. Even if you have a super powerful SUV, um, the sort of the sedans and the and the sort of sports sedans are um, amazing. And of course, Audi has always had a full range. You're not going to stop making your gas vehicles, though, are you? Uh, well, so we have announced recently that uh, the last gasoline vehicle that we will introduce uh, is in 2026. Um, so that will run through its course then somewhere around 2030. Um, but yeah, we are going full electric. That's where we're investing heavily. And really, our goal is to, to give nothing up to these you know, internal combustion engine buyers. We want them to go electric and get everything that they're used to from their internal combustion engine experience in terms of performance and handling and, you know, improve upon that even more given that we're using an ev uh, platform here and the batteries are down low and the center of gravity is low and it really just improves the overall handling and just experience of driving the car i uh, i will tell you that i probably won't be allowed a license by 2030 because you know i'm just in, in irresponsible enough so that by that time i will i'll be able to choose whether or not i have one or the other um what also what are we doing a quarter mile time because you guys do a lot of nurburg testing and you do a lot of lap testing i know you've had uh, had some good numbers out of some of the performance numbers of the gt yeah exactly so our zero to 60 time quoted is uh 3.1 some independent Ooh. tests have even uh bested that uh breaking into the twos uh so it's a very very quick car uh, in fact, the quickest uh, accelerating car we've ever launched, uh, and also the most powerful with uh, 637 horsepower. Uh, so the thing is really a rocket. And with uh, the two-speed transmission on the rear axle, it really keeps that acceleration going. So you get off the line really hard, and then it shifts into second gear, and you just keep going. So going back to that whole you know internal combustion engine experience where typical electric cars, maybe they don't have that punch at higher speeds. Uh, the e-tron gt is really able to keep that acceleration at higher speeds thanks to the two-speed transmission how much was the horsepower 637 That's, i'm not sure that should be allowed to be honest with you um <laughs> i have a i have an m8 competition which uh has 617 so you already got me beat um which is amazing 638 Ooh. I, maybe I shouldn't be test driving this vehicle. I'm just saying, there's, there's, there's some things that uh, they, you know, get me a little scared. There, that's that's absolutely incredible. And there's, I'm presume this is just the beginning. There's a lot more to come, right? Absolutely. So uh, we haven't even introduced our PPE, our premium premium platform electric yet. That's coming in the next couple of years. Uh, and that again was joint development with Porsche, just like the e-tron GT was. And that will uh, host a whole new set of vehicles. Everything from you know an A4 size sedan all the way up to a Q7, Q8 size SUV. So uh, we're really excited about that uh, platform coming to market here in the next couple of years. And as I said, yeah, we're, we're investing heavily in this electric space and uh, hope to go fully electric here within the next decade or so. Matt, I will be, uh, if you're wondering where I am, I'll be standing outside uh, waiting for my uh, GT test drive, my loaner to arrive. So I'll be on the curb when you get here. Uh, Matt, of course, is the Audi e-tron product manager. And uh, it sounds like I'm in trouble. Probably another vehicle that I'm going to have to. You've uh, always loved the e-trons. Yeah, they I always do. hold I a love, special. When spot they first came out, I really loved it too. Yeah. Sexy, roomy, performed well, handled well. All right, I'll stop now. Let's take a break, and so I can gather myself and get a little composed. Stand by. We're going to talk about the most American-made cars coming up. You're listening to our Auto Expert. 
Over 12,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more streamers join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles and this is Our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from Our Auto Expert. So, American-made cars. Which are the most American-made cars? This survey comes out once every year, just around July 4th, ready for the July 4th American celebrations. And interestingly enough, the list has been shifting, but it doesn't just mean they're made in America. It means their parts are American and they have American made parts, American workers, uh, American factories. So as a random guess, you've probably already looked at the list, haven't you, Jen? Yeah. A random, <laughs> which, just a random guess. What would you think, Andy, is the most American made car? Honda. Uh, you're not far wrong. Honda is on the list, but uh, it is an American brand, which is uh, number one. It's Tesla. But I'm not sure I don't oh. want, <laughs> you know, because they're not very well made, in my opinion. Uh, but they are there. They're great technology. Just don't think they're very well made. I, th- I, I, I think I think Honda is number one. No, no. Tesla's number one. Let's go to number. Let's oh. let's yeah, see. Let's Honda sh- has five vehicles in the top. Let's 20 go from from 20. Five. 20 up. Nick, they're right. five. I know. They, they're killing it. Yeah. Uh, let's go from 20 up. So number 20 is the Lincoln Navigator. That makes sense. It's made in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, 19, a surprise. Not necessarily. The Lexus ES. That's made in Georgetown, Kentucky. Do you know that? I thought that was made in the Netherlands. No, it's made in Georgetown, Kentucky. Also made in Georgetown, Kentucky is the Toyota Avalon. Might be very similar to the ES. Mm. Probably same it's, platform. It's the, yeah, it's the same wheels. <laughs> it's the same, yeah. They're probably probably some portions are the same. Just saying, not saying. Seventeen <laughs> is Honda's first uh, showing, which is the Accord. It's made in Marysville, Ohio, um, and then Jeep Grand Cherokee is made in Detroit. That's the sixteenth. When you think of something like Jeep being sixteenth on the list, you you know it's going to be interesting when you get towards the top of the list. Uh, Fifteen, no surprise, GMC Canyon. That's made in Montana, uh, Wentzville, Montana. Uh, Chevrolet Colorado might be the same vehicle. Also made in <laughs> Wentzville, Montana. Um, Acura, which is one of Honda's brands, uh, their TLX and RDX hold 12 and 13. And then we start to see more showing. The first showing, actually the only showing, no, the second showing from Ford. Ford have two vehicles in the top 20. The Ford Expedition uh, is made in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville seem to have, uh, uh, Kentucky have a lot of car plants. There's a lot going on in There's Kentucky. a lot going on in Kentucky. We probably should have a word with them. Uh, 10, Toyota. What vehicle? Uh, hold on. The Avalon. No, we've had the Avalon. That was at number 18. Number 10 is the Tundra, the truck, the big truck that they have. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's made in San Antonio, Texas, which makes a lot of sense. And then we start in with this really interesting. There's three Hondas in a row. The Passport is made in Lincoln, Alabama. That's number 10. Uh, sorry, that's number 9. Number 8 is the Pilot. That's made in Lincoln, Alabama. Uh, then the Honda Odyssey is made in Lincoln, Alabama, too. And then number six, oh, they have four in a row. Lincoln, Alabama as well, the Honda Ridgeline. Lincoln, Alabama, and Kentucky, you need to stop being so selfish. Yeah, I don't they like have all so that. So much going production. On. Uh, Kentucky again for the number five. It's in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yes, everyone knows what's made in Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. It is the My Gen. Favorite. The Corvette. The Corvette. <laughs> uh, Jeep is at number four. So now we're getting into the top three. 
Jeep is at number four with a Cherokee, uh, Belvedere, Illinois. Uh, there's no other Illinois there. It's interesting that Fremont, California is where the Model Y is made. That's at number three, um, which is kind of interesting, number three. So uh, Fremont is where it's currently made, but it's moving to Austin, Texas. Let's see how American made it is in Austin, Texas. The number two is the Ford Mustang. It's made in Flat Rock, Michigan. And the number one, Tesla Model 3, Fremont, California. That's interesting, right? So uh, there's a lot of vehicles in there that you don't actually think, especially Toyotas and Hondas made, and Nissans are made in the US, but they're not in the top 20. Where Nissans are made, in, hold on, they're made in uh, Mississippi. Na Nash Nashville, not far away. That's close. Nashville, yeah. Uh, You're close if you mean America, Southeast. <laughs> <laughs> Number 46 oh, yeah. is um, the Nissan Murano. Oh, yeah. And then the 5152 Titan and Maxima. And then they go down from there. What is the least American car? Do we have it? Uh, Honda Civic. Yeah. The least American car, Honda Civic in Greensburg, it. Indiana. It's number 90. 90. <laughs> Warren, Michigan. There's a lot of uh, a lot of cars are made in Canada too. I'm just you know reading this. I probably should share some of this. It's interesting though, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, where vehicles because you, you automatically think Toyota Tundra is you know Texas. There is only th two vehicles made in the West. There currently on the uh, Tesla and Fiat. Huh? Tesla and Tesla. Now Fiat are made in Italy. Yeah. Oh. There's a lot of vehicles made in Alabama, though. A lot of vehicles made in yeah, Alabama. Yeah, Indiana, Alabama, Texas, Tennessee. Further north you get, though, there's less vehicles made. Mm -hmm. Flat Rock, Michigan, and uh, Bel Belvedere. Is it Belvedere? Yeah, Belvedere in, in the basic, the most northern made vehicles. A lot of people like to make them in the south. Alabama, I guess the southeast. You can call it Kentucky, Alabama. There's so many vehicles made in Alabama. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, but it's interesting when I look at that list. Um, I would like to know which vehicle has the least American parts in it. Is there a list for that? I'm going to say... It's probably going to be some kind of hybrid that's made in Turk in Japan or... Um, let me just try and think what's made in Japan or Korea. The Nissan good. Moreno. No, that's that's on the list. But if you look at, if you look on the list, you can actually get one uh, vehicles that have zero American parts in, except for backsides. Well, you can. Um, okay, so let's see. Ferrari. They may have some American parts because they may have um, somebody that some of the Lamborghini. Parts, yeah, they may have some American parts. I highly doubt that. Yeah, you have to look at things like leather and that sort of thing. It might oh. come from America, so you might you have know, a cow. <laughs> might have American cow in the seat. <laughs> There's American cow parts in this car. <clears throat> Yeah. Does that does that actually count? That's kind of creepy to think. It's in a car, isn't it? But it's not really a part, is it? What the seats on a part? You try to drive a car without seats. Well, it would be fabric. Yeah, leather is if if it's contained in the manufacture of the car. It's just kind of. I weird. would say it does. Yeah, um, most of the electronics are made in Japan, places like that, Korea, right. Japan, because it's much cheaper for them, and and they have big factories that mass produce it, that sort of thing. Uh, surprise! Yes, you are. You'll also be surprised. When oh, we, go on. Sorry. Did you see who got disqualified? No, tell me. Acura NSX, BMW X4, X6, Chevrolet Bolt, EV. Why? Why were they disqualified? I don't know. I didn't get that far yet. <laughs> the oh. uh, Ford Bronco F Series. 
Really? Yeah, GMC, Savannah, Sierra. I bet you because they got parts made from overseas, and then when they were brought over here, they, they put American stickers on them. I call shenanigans. Uh, what isn't shenanigans is the uh, the brand new Kia Telluride for 2022. We're going to talk to James Bell about that. Stand by. It's coming up. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Well, there we go. It's uh, our auto expert radio show. Of course, uh, we love to you know, talk about cars. You can catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can also uh, send us a direct message. We also have a new TikTok channel, which uh, you're very impressed with, aren't you, Andy? Uh, we've, been, we've been showing off some TikToks, um, and, and people are excited about it. Um, and with the better weather happening and the virus sort of under control, we're now doing a lot more TV stuff. So uh, it was I was doing everything from my my studio at home. We have a you know a brand new six car studio, as everybody knows, and we're doing live segments for TV stations every week around those. The super cool thing is that now we have the opportunity to go to TV stations. So suddenly all these TV stations are opening their back lots. I think out of the uh, 200 TV stations that we work with, uh, there's only about 30% haven't opened the stations or aren't opening their stations yet. Um, they aren't comfortable with it. And they will have sp- specific reasons. But uh, Fox 5 is opening their studios, WGN opening their studios. And I'll be at Fox 5 next week and WGN the week after uh, doing segments. Uh, one of the guys that's going to join me uh, down at Fox 5 to bring a vehicle is uh, James Bell. Um, he's our pal. He's the communications and social media director for Kia. Um, James, there is a new 2022 Kia Celluride. I mean, Telluride. Which, ah, well uh, which you guys are into. By the way, um, I am, uh, for anybody who lives in the Northwest, I am the new face of the Dick Hanna dealership group. Now I've been doing all of their videos for them, and uh, I've been up there doing a bunch of Kias this week. Uh, we did the Sportage, we did the Carnival, we did the, Sand, uh, we did the um, Sorento, and we did uh, the, uh, a whole bunch. I can't even remember what cars we filmed. <laughs> but I noticed the only single Celluride that they had on the lot was a 2020 version. That's how hot these uh, vehicles are, right? You, you guys can't make enough, can you? It is crazy. Um, Nick, you're a student of the industry as much as I the fact that this vehicle has been on sale since February of night, oh, sorry, 19, uh, February of 2019. Yeah. And it's now June of 2021 and it's still sold out. And I get emails and calls from customers three or four times a week saying, uh, I've just been to, you know, my local Kia dealer. He tells me you can't have one for two months. Can you help? <laughs> and so these aren't, these aren't people that are frustrated and going elsewhere. They're yeah. waiting two months. Yeah, it, it is quite the anomaly in the business right now, and I couldn't be happier. Is there a, a trick to getting your Telluride? <laughs> it's not knowing me. I was just thinking of ordering uh, no. ordering a special spec one. You might get it faster than just waiting for something to show up on the dealer lot. I'm hearing that there really isn't. I mean, it seems to me that the only way to get one maybe a little quicker than you were hoping for. And this is a horrible idea: is to take one that isn't the trim or color or yeah. spec that you're looking for, uh, which I don't suggest. But um, I, I just suggest going to your dealer, getting yourself in line, and uh, anticipating a great ride when the day comes. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to drive anything that isn't exactly what I want. I've done that too many times in my life. 
and uh, I'm not going to yeah. do it again. The uh, So I'd wait, I'd wait, and that's what America has to do. But, you know, just to make our pain a little bit more and a little stronger, you've come out with a 2022 model. <laughs> that's what you're supposed to say. We've made it so you could be very, very enjoyable. Oh, we lost. Oh. Oh, we lost, oh, we lost. Oh, so mad. So, so yeah, he was mad. He slammed the phone down. No, uh, we, we'll we'll call him back. Um, just because the Kia Celluride is so uh, amazing, they obviously refresh their vehicles like everybody else does. Mm. Come the new model year at the beginning, you, uh, I think the new, uh, I'm not sure what the rule is, but the third quarter of a year you can come out with the next year's model, and then by September they all have to be that next year's model. There is some weird rule. It's different in Europe as it is in uh, everywhere else. Oh, we we got you back, James. Sorry, we didn't mean. I hope you didn't slam the phone down on us. Um, uh, no, but it sounds like Tellurides are are more uh, reliable and uh, in higher demand than phone lines. Yes, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently. The, uh, just to make our pain a little bit worse, uh, you've come up with a 2022 model that we have to wait for now, um, and you yeah. made it more delicious. Well, we try. I mean, first off, the Big Fall Edition that we uh, introduced last year has been a huge success. Uh, here in Southern California, where I live, I think I'd probably see more nightfalls than standard Tellurides, which, and the nightfall is a small ratio of the existing population, so that just kind of tells you what's, what's happening here. But yeah, we, um, you know, it's, it's that classic moment of, what do, you know, the recipe's good. So do you add more salt? Do you add more sugar? What, what do you do to even bring it up another notch? And so we, we erred on the side of, of keeping it pretty close to how it was. Just a few small um, little uh, tweaks along the way. One is uh, the infotainment system. We increased it to our new 10.5-inch uh, screen. Yeah. Nice. Keep, it, keep it consistent with um, what we're doing with a lot of our other vehicles, like the EV6, which you'll be seeing soon. Um, and uh, a slightly uh, redesigned radiator uh, grill space. Again, there's you don't mess with perfection. Yeah. It's there. People yeah. love it. Uh, used vehicle, used Tellurides are selling above original MSRP. Yeah. So it's and, – and trust me, I know, Nick, you're, uh, you're speaking to everybody in this business. You know it better than I. I'm not alone in having a hot, um, you know, line of vehicles right now. The the business is on fire, but the Telluride side uh, was on fire before all started. So that's what makes it pretty fun. Yeah, and it's continued to be on fire. That's the big difference too. I have, yeah, I have, I see people uh, going into that uh, Kia dealership at Dick Hanna, and they are buying whatever they can off of the lot. Um, yeah, and and interestingly enough, there's still some amazing, and we 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 can save more time to talk about this some other time. But we we wanted a a, a f- big segment for you here, so we gave it extra time. But there are vehicles out Great. there. Um, the Nero, for instance, I think is mm-hmm. still an amazing vehicle and one of the most underrated. So you see, you have a full line of vehicles all the way from you know the Soul, the Seltos, all the way up to the Telluride. It's not just like the Telluride is all you sell. You have plenty. No. Yeah, you have plenty. No, in fact, we, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, we were just uh, discussing last night, getting ready to do our sales release for the month of June. And there's, um, I can't tell you which yet, but there are four vehicles that are going to set all-time records. Uh, Telluride is part of that group, but yeah, there is, um, it's our whole line right now. And, you know, you mentioned the Nero. I think that's a fascinating little Kia element for us. It isn't uh, a vehicle that gets a lot of support from our marketing department. 
And and that makes me a little bit crazy. But then I look at the numbers and I say, well, there's no need to. Yeah, it because need it. Uh, people people who discover it, thanks to good work with your, yourselves, who who um, you know tell the world about uh, new vehicles that are worthy of their consideration. When once they uh, spend some time with it, know it, see what it delivers, it, it's it's a simple sale. And and the um, the fact that it's hybrid. A yes. plug-in hybrid and a full electric, an yeah. EV, which is obviously, you know, everybody's excited about all these new EVs coming. Well, we've been there for years already. So it's, uh, we're, we're, we're excited about Nero. We're excited about Sportage. Forte is killing it right now. Yep. You know, if I could talk briefly about that, Nick, the sedan uh, segment, something very interesting is happening. And I'm glad I work at Kia and not at Ford or some of the other car companies have stepped away from sedans. Yes. As we've seen fuel prices rise. We're seeing a lot of people coming in with midsize or, or um, you know, semi-midsize crossovers and saying, I love this thing, but I'm finding I'm not using all the space in it. I'd actually like to look at a, a sedan because I'm a little, also a little afraid of fuel economy. Yes. And so uh, the aerodynamics that are inherent to sedans and, and just the, the efficiency that you can find in them. And by the way, you can get most of the stuff uh, that you need in a, in a small crossover into a sedan and you can close the trunk. Yes. So everything's hidden away from prying eyes. Yes. So, yeah, it's uh, we're, we're really seeing it across the board. It's, it's a good time to be uh, with Kia. I, and I agree. And I'll tell you, and I know we're supposed to be talking about Telluride, but there's no limit to how many times we can have you on and talk about other stuff. Um, my parents <laughs> have a black Labrador puppy, and they have trouble getting him in and out of their current vehicle. And so I've suggested the Nero because they want a plug-in hybrid, and it has low ingress and egress, and it has That's enough right. room for a black Labrador in the back. So, um, you know, but, but could I find one to uh, to get out of the press fleet so I could show them? No, because they are so sought after. Everybody wants, <laughs> everybody wants to drive them. Uh, the new Telluride in the last uh, two minutes we have left is, mm -hmm. is when is it hitting the Kia dealerships? Well, that's the grand question, <laughs> because uh, as quickly as possible, um, the transition has begun. The factory's cranking out the new ones, but it's uh, the waiting lists are pretty deep. So when I say when are they hitting dealers, they're hitting them now, but you may not see them there right away because they're getting off the truck, getting cleaned up, full tank of gas, and into a customer's hands. Uh, but yes, they are available. So if there's interest from any of your listeners, I would suggest uh, getting into a Kia dealer and and getting on the on the, on list. the list. I'm hearing, yeah, I'm hearing on some some dealers um, uh, are you know they've they've had a better uh, sales success across our entire Kia line, so they can get a hold of some of the hot stuff a little quicker. Yeah, but. Um, it just really takes uh, sitting down with the dealer and, and working out what's best for yourself and your family. Uh, I will tell you that uh, I this is how hot Kias are. Um, I they wanted me to do a video on the new Carnival, which I'm I'm very familiar mm -hmm. with. Your uh, new multi-passenger vehicle, not a minivan, yeah. and uh, they wanted me to do a, a story on that. And so I went up there to shoot it, and we arrived at the dealership. And where's the Carnival? I go, oh, sorry, we sold it. It was the last one we had. I was like, it was a good problem to have, but it might have been nice to call me before I left my house, you know, 35 minutes yeah, away. Yeah, well, that's right. You know, it's, but they sold the car, which is really awesome. Uh, you guys are hitting it out of the park. The new Telluride, uh, can't wait. Is there any change in price, by the way? Uh, let's see. I was just looking those over. We're at, uh, for the base LX uh, front-wheel drive, when I say base, it's barely base, uh, about 32.7. 
and tops out at the SF Prestige at 46 So I think it went up about $500 across the board, $500, yeah. $700, something like that. If you can find one, that's the least of your problems. Um, you know. Well, the, that's the point. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain that much. Um, and if you're lucky enough to be able to buy a previous year model, then I'd snap that up too if it's exactly the color and the trim level that you want. It's, uh, and, right. and I'm just waiting for the rap videos to show up with uh, Kia Telluride in them. Just saying. That's <laughs> Well, you know, we've seen uh, I, I, I'm, during um, the basketball season, Skate Farm and Chris Paul is their spokesperson. And apparently he asked for one to be in a couple of their ads. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Welcome back to Our Auto Expert radio show. Our Auto Expert is, of course, on the internet. You can listen to all previous episodes of the show. You can also catch up with those by going to ourautoexpert.com at the bottom. Scroll all the way down and you'll see a little thing that says podcasts. Click that and there are over 160 something podcasts like Jen. We add to it every week. Yeah. How many? How many is there? There's only 160 up there out of eight years. Oh, well. Eight years of being on the radio. Hey, I've got a Maroni here in front of me <laughs> for a car. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is the McLaren GT that we drove in today. Thank you, Roger. Um, thank you, Roger. Thank you, Laura. Um, thank you, Laura. Yes. It's. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to say standard white. Baltimore white. Is that the name of the color? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I'm just finding this out right now. Uh, so it's got a V8 4-liter engine, all aluminum, twin turbo, with a dry sump location. What's a dry sump? Oh, I know. <laughs> it's uh, it's technical terms. Uh, the transmission is that DCT uh, SSG transmission. Uh, three powertrains and transmission models are available, but uh, modes are available. But uh, comfort, sport, and track. Wonder what I'm driving in it most of the time. Track. We pulled out um, of the driveway this morning. Onto not to the my residential streets, the two streets I have to drive down mm-hmm. to get onto the main road. But when I got on the main road, and we squealed the back tires, and uh, Andy was all excited because we did a little bit of squealy as we pulled out in the McLaren. We went squealy, squealy. The microphones are on, Andy. Come on now, get your, get your act together. Um, yeah, we did a squealy as we went out. But they, luckily, they have those two piece aluminum hub brakes with electronic parking brake as well. So, you know, I, I can just put it in park and control myself. Did you like the little squealy we did in the McLaren? Yeah, it was. I wish we'd have done like four more. Yeah. It was nice. He So, the difference with Andy sitting in the passenger seat and Jen is Jen holds onto the seatbelt, leans forward, and takes deep breaths, tries not to throw up. Andy screams like a girl and says, more, 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 more. Yeah, I lean into it. <laughs> yeah, you do. You want more of it. Um, the this vehicle, did you see the price of it? I think I yes. showed everybody. Oh, I didn't see yours, but I no, saw yeah. what's on the. This is how much mine was worth. It's not very much. Oh, that's not much more than the listed one. Two hundred forty thousand yeah. uh, and twenty-five dollars. I have the twenty-five. Two hundred forty-one thousand twenty-five dollars. Yeah. I you guys come up with the balance. Mm-hmm. If I come up with the twenty-five. I'll fill up the gas tank. Uh, yeah, you might need it. By the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> it only does one hundred and thirty miles on a single tank. That's because I got it in track mode and with the. All the things turned on. It goes, meep, meep, meep. You, you burning gas like a bonfire. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, no. Well, I, I feel like, does it have um, does it have extra boost echo mode? No, it doesn't. But I don't, why does it need it? It has an aluminum monocoque chassis. Oh. Makes it light, durable, easy to drive. I showed, so I, I took it up when I was doing the videos yesterday to um, Dick Hanakia, and one of the salesmen came out 
young guy, probably, I'm going to guess, he, he graduated high school four years ago, so 22. And he was like, can you, can you take me for a ride? I took him for a ride and I showed him. And the thing that was most amazing, I think, to him, well, I didn't even get his name, how rude. Uh, the thing that was most amazing to him was how you can floor it and jam on the brakes and it doesn't give you the inertia like a normal vehicle would. You don't go flying forward and the seatbelt tensioners don't kick in and you don't get thrown back in your seat when you hit the zero to 60 mile an hour time. It is unbelievably beautiful to drive. And so I sort of try to explain that to them and to him and he was like, show me and I showed him and he's like, yeah, I'm not getting tossed around. We could go from about 20 miles an hour to 80 miles an hour um, which is almost legal in Washington state. Mm -hmm. um, and he wasn't getting tossed around in the car. Um, and he was like, wow, it's so stable. It's so easy to drive, which makes it a little more with such high horsepower and such high you know, zero to 60 mile, mile an hour times. It kind of makes it a little dangerous for me. Is that something proprietary to them? Did they figure something else out no one else did? Yeah, it's it's one of the reasons McLarens are absolutely uh, unbelievable. They're built in uh, Woking in Surrey in the UK um, and they you know and we're you're supposed to get 15 miles a gallon in the city and 22 on the highway good luck with that the well, way I drive but look yeah, at the curb yeah. weight I mean it's 3,000 yeah 384 pounds that's yeah. it yeah it's very small where yeah. if you get something like a, a GT car it's going to be a lot heavier than that so does it have the lift in this one the GT versus the 720s yeah they all have the front uh, uh, hydraulics to make sure you don't so cool and we had to be super careful going into the uh, the parking lot where the coffee shop is today because you know mm -hmm. it's it's a big old scrapey uh, if you don't you don't want to scrape the front too the interior is very beautiful it has that the Bowles and Wilkins sound system I mean these are things you probably don't care about if you just care about going fast and sports performance but uh, it has you know that rack and pinion steering system the power uh, variable rate so you know the, the, as you the faster you go the cheering ratio the steering the cheering ratio changes no that's me There's, I'm the cheering ratio yeah, <laughs> the steering ratio changes uh, which is really really cool um, but here's the deal it has a frunk Probably big enough for you to get in, Jed. Mm -hmm. A frunk. Did you see the frunk? The front trunk? Can you say that on the radio? Frunk. Frunk. Yeah. Oh. There's no FCC violation in saying the word frunk. Okay, got it. Um, it's a frunk at the front, and it has the trunk at the back is big enough. You know what? I have to say this because I noticed it yesterday. So if you put the back up, it looks like um, this is pretty morbid, but it's true. If you put the the rear compartment the engines in the back you can't get to the engine without a special key right because it's under anyway so if you put the back trunk up or the trunk it's a, it's a hatch basically a glass hatch that goes all the way back it looks like spock's coffin out of star trek <laughs> you know yeah. how his coffin opens up and then they put him in and then they this other big the lid closed like long ways yeah. Psh, it's and like then that. ejected him into space yeah it looks totally like spock's coffin Hmm. I have it. I I'll show you when we go out there. In fact, we you, maybe you can lie in it, Andy, and you could lie in it like Spock lied in it. We won't be able to shut it because it, you know, there's not enough room to shut the it's lid. It's like when you uh, put too big of a sandwich in the panini machine. Yes. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that is the best analogy you've ever come up with. It's like too big a sandwich in the panini machine if we were to put you in the trunk. You wouldn't be able to get it closed. You, you, stuff yeah. would squeeze out of your edges right. if we yeah. did it, just like it does in the panini machine. It'd be messy. Yeah, it would be really messy if we tried to close it. So uh, I have to tell you that this has been one of the most enjoyable weekends of my life driving this McLaren GT. 
except for the amount of attention. So we have it parked in a radio station, park, station parking lot right now outside. And um, there are people who see it off the street. God, goodness knows how, because we have radio station vans parked each. Well, the, the Mercedes is parked one side. The BMW uh, competition, which Jen drove in, is parked one side. And there's a radio station van parked the other. But people still see it off the street. And they're coming in and they're walking around it, having a look at it, taking pictures, selfies. Look at my new car. All right. More Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. This is Our Auto Expert radio show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us, ask us a car question, just direct messages at OurAutoExpert.com. Also, any of those social medias and check out our new TikToks. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Do you guys know your IQs? Yes. What's your IQ? Negative three. Negative three, Jen? What's your mine was I, the last time I tested I think it was like one thirteen, one twenty ish right. somewhere one, in there. I don't jump. know. It's been a while. I know mine, but there's one guy that has an IQ more than all of ours put together. Maybe oh, not Andy. I'm sure. All, all of ours put together. That's Anton Woolman. Uh, he's an independent analyst and investor. You can read the majority of his stuff at The Street and Seeking Alpha. He joins us every week to talk about what's new in the car business as far as electric, autonomy, European sales, and what's going on in the business end of things. So let's talk about the business end of things. The f- brand new Audi e-tron Q4, uh, they have come out. Uh, totally different than any other Audi e-tron to date. This is essentially uh, starting with the base of a VW ID4, and then there is some, uh, you know, updates, some special things to it, some Audi magic to it. Uh, it's made all in the same factory. So, what is the reaction from those people that have got behind the wheel? Well, Nick, uh, people generally like it in Europe that have been the first to uh, had a chance to spend some time in the vehicle. But uh, understand this: this is the Volkswagen ID4 with uh, Audi's uh, you know, touches to the design, uh, including the interior, which I think many people found the ID4 to be a little bit underwhelming, in that it kind of looks a little bare and, dare I say, it, a, a tiny bit cheap. Uh, so Audi clearly has um, raised that level. But if you look at the mechanics under the vehicle, anything that has to do with the propulsion system, the batteries, the um, electric motors, it's all the same. So it's really the same car under the skin, at least uh, prior to us getting some souped-up special editions that probably will be making it to market in a couple of years from now. But until then, uh, out of the chute here in 2021 as a 2022 model, it's really uh, uh, what we can say is uh, he's really in uh, Volkswagen ID4 with Audi's uh, special design and touches. So how does it drive differently? Uh, people, um, you know, talking about who've driven back-to-back the ID4 and this. I mean, presumably it's going to have a completely different driving uh, dynamic. No, that's the short answer. <laughs> it's the same car. Uh, wow. It really is. If you, if you don't like uh, the interior in the VW, thought it looked a little bit cheap, this is your choice. It has a little bit more equipment. You can get more equipment on it. Uh, than you can in uh, the VW. I'm sure you can get nicer seat materials and so forth. And uh, clearly the dashboard looks a lot richer. But at the end of the day, we're talking about the same car. Personally, I actually like the exterior design of the VW better. I think it's cleaner. I think it's really uh, the ID4 is a home run in terms of exterior design. Uh, I think the Audi adds nothing to the party there. It brings nothing extra to the party on the exterior. It's really on the interior where 
it says, look, this is premium, uh, a little bit less non-premium anyway than the um, uh, ID4 is. Not that there's anything terribly wrong with the ID4, but, you know, these days the standards are high, and Kia and Hyundai kind of lead in terms of interior refinement along with some others, and the ID4 is, uh, you know, not great in that department, but the Audi clearly brings it up to, uh, to the level that you would expect. I am always wondering whether um, you know Audi were ready for this for people to say, well, it's just a reskinned ID4, um, and so presumably that they were sort of ready in their PR department for people to start knocking them for that. You would think so, but keep in mind the price, right? So the uh, regular Audi e-tron starts—I uh, forget where they cut the price latest, but it's in, in the ballpark of about seventy thousand. This is fifty thousand, so you're talking about a vehicle here. That is uh, less expensive. Of course, the standard is a rear-wheel drive, just like the ID4, uh, with, and with a range that still in the base level is no less than uh, the um, uh, their big uh, Audi e-tron, which of course weighs a lot more. I mean, we're talking about a gigantic difference in weight here. So this is a lower-cost platform that weighs a lot less and has less horsepower and less standard equipment, but fits the needs of a lot of people. Now, let's, you know, this vehicle as well, I mean, there's a lot of VW, Audi electric vehicles coming out. They have a huge amount of, a list of a huge amount of them. We just heard from Matt um, about the new GT that's uh, starting to become available, the e-tron GT that's starting to become available in the United States. They're pushing very hard to take their entire fleet by the end of the decade to all electric. Um, are they getting the uptake? Are they getting the, the change that they need, Audi needs, to start pushing towards all electric vehicles? Um, and this is already on sale in Europe, um, available in the U.S. after the next few months, uh, around $50,000. Is... is you know, in Europe, is the uptake where Audi needs it to be to keep their numbers high enough to make that transition to electric? At this point, not even close, of course, because they have too few models and the consumer just isn't there yet. But, of course, they're uh, like Wayne Gretzky trying to skate to where the puck is going. And the puck is going to where the government pays it to go. The government will tax non-electric cars very heavily. They will incentivize the electric cars. And as such, they will push the consumer in this direction. Uh, we may or may not like it. Uh, but that is where they are going. So Audi is to some extent following those cues. And the whole all-electric push, by the way, uh, Audi was very clear that this was not the case in China, where they expect that to take a lot longer. But the question then remains, what about other places outside of Europe? What about Africa? What about the rest of Asia? What about Latin America? A lot of places, I mean, if you say that they're going to go all electric in the next 15 years, let alone 10 years, I mean, they would laugh at you. Then this timeline is not realistic for a lot of places. And if you live in somewhere between Uganda and Uruguay, I mean, really, Uzbekistan and all the use, then uh, are you really going to buy an all-electric Audi uh, if, uh, if that is the only uh, choice that you have? I, I don't think so. I think these are the plans that probably will get massaged and caveated along the way here over the next uh, six or seven, eight years. Yeah, I think as people start to convert to electric, there's going to be a little bit of a back off because uh, we already know in California people going back to gasoline because they can't get the charging stations they need to charge their cars efficiently. So that's a push, unless you own a Tesla, of course, which tend to do uh, charging stations just specifically for their brand. And talking about Tesla, Chinese government basically hit Tesla around the knees with a baseball bat this week and told them they had to recall their vehicles. Yeah, right. So what basically the Chinese government said is that you could accidentally uh, hit essentially the engagement of the autopilot button 
on the steering wheel. Um, and if you do that, then if the speed limit in the area is a bit higher than where, what you were doing for maybe for not so good reason that moment, depending on what's going on around the vehicle based on the judgment of the driver, maybe there's an accident, maybe there's some other issue going on. Um, the, the car essentially would speed up like in an unintended acceleration type of event. So that would then cause all sorts of accidents, some of them fatal. And so the Chinese government said, look, guys, you'd better do something about this so that uh, it's not so easy to engage autopilot essentially by accident. So uh, clearly what's going to happen here is that Tesla is going to issue a software release to this. And uh, when they do, uh, this problem will ostensibly be fixed. So I don't think at this point, based upon what we know yet, that this is going to amount to uh, much of a scandal per se. I think they'll fix this very quickly and people will forget about this uh, roughly by uh, Tuesday. Yeah, and hopefully uh, it won't interrupt the too many people owning their vehicles and make it a horrible experience for them. Um, I think that it, uh, one of the things is that it's like deleting a file from your computer. You All you have to do is have the system say, are you so, sure you want to engage autopilot and maybe a secondary uh, confirmation and then you go. Um, so it just reaffirms it for the driver that they're ex that's exactly what they want to do. But hopefully they get a fix out of that. Um, you know, Tesla goes on uh, trial in Delaware July 12th after almost two years of delays. Uh, now tell us about the trial and tell us about how you think this is going to uh, happen, how it's what the outcome is likely to be. So what happened a few years ago in the fall of 2016 is that uh, Tesla acquired a company called Solar City. Solar City was largely owned by Elon Musk himself, plus some of his friends and family. And at the time, Solar City was basically on the verge of bankruptcy. I mean, they were completely uh, belly up. And uh, so uh, why did they pay billions and billions of dollars for this company? Uh, clearly, it was because Elon Musk and his family and friends owned this company. They owed a lot of money to this company. And uh, this was a way to essentially ensure, uh, you know, make sure that this was the house of cards didn't come down. But they invented this uh, prospect of the solar roof that was going to be uh, shipping in volume by December that year, 2016. And, of course, that was uh, not exactly uh, the truth. So now, of course, the shareholders said, wait a minute, you spent billions and billions of dollars to essentially bail out yourselves. That's not fair, people. So they were going to go to trial on this, uh, I think, about two years ago, but it got pushed out, pushed out. And then because of the virus scare and so forth, the courts took a slower stance on this. And finally, supposedly, this thing now starting in about two weeks. So we're going to see what happens in trial. I have no idea what the outcome will be, but it certainly will be interesting. If you look at the, all the documents that have been subpoenaed on this, it's so clear that this was an enormous case of self-dealing. I mean, just to read these documents, and I mean, how could somebody look at this and interpret this otherwise? But hey, you know, courts have uh, decided all sorts of surprising results, and uh, uh, I guess we can't tell the outcome. Yeah, Solar City, of course, have had quite a, a rough ride of it. There's, uh, there's been multiple problems with that with that company, uh, with false claims and those type of things, and you know, product remaining in very limited supply for testing. Uh, they've had, uh, I think, very checkered, and those people have actually used any of these uh, sort of products could probably support that as much as possible. You know, you could probably support that statement uh, quite highly because of those issues. Uh, Anton Wallman is an independent analyst and an investor. You can read the majority of his stuff at Seeking Alpha. 
offer on the street. There is probably nobody in the auto industry that can speak so fluently about autonomous cars, the business of electric cars and electric cars themselves when it comes to sales, marketing, uh, production and all the other things that surround it, especially knowing where those factories go up and he finds some of the most incredible insider information about what's going on with these factories as well. Read the majority of Anton's stuff at the street or at Seeking Alpha. Uh, those are two places that really give you an in-depth look at what's going on of lots of different aspects of the automotive uh, industry. And you can listen to Anton's segments plus all the rest of them by going to ourautoexpert.com, scrolling down to the bottom and clicking on the podcast. There are 150 there available for you. More to come. Stand by. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. 12,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert uh, radio show online, at least maybe a lot more this week. And uh, there are many more streaming the show. If you'd like to stream the show, you can do that at iHeart, Pandora. You can listen to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, ourautoexpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is our Auto Expert radio show on around 15 stations around the U.S., soon to be many more. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from our Auto Expert. All right, you're talking to two million Americans. Go. Do you think we're talking to anyone right now in Virginia? Yes, probably. Because I used to live in Virginia. You did? In Virginia Beach. Yeah, how was that? How did that work out for you? I just miss the people there. You do? Hi, Virginia Beach. Hi, Virginia Beach. Thanks for listening. Hi, Chicago. Hi, Seattle. Hi. I miss you, Waffle Florida. Hi, yeah. Yeah. I think we have almost every state covered, Mm. if that means just 15 states. Hi, everybody. Yeah, yeah. That's about right. (laughs) That's about right. Uh, There's some really interesting stories in the news today. This was a bit of a shock to me when I read this story and I did a bit of research into it. Mazda confirms the next generation MX-5 Miata will be electrified. That's it. No more gas Miatas. Uh, Or electrified. Could be a hybrid, I guess. It could be messing with our brains. At least uh, least there's a future for the iconic sports car. I guess we could say that. At least it's going to remain around. Mazda confirms that the next MX-5 Miata will be electrified, but they still haven't told us to what extent. That extent unknown. The official statement says Mazda is seeking to electrify the MX-5 Miata in an effort to have all models all models fe- feature a form of electrification by 2030. It will work hard to make a, it a lightweight, affordable, open two-seater sports car in order to meet the needs of customers. Thank God. So is it going to be like 2050 when people start saying, remember when we had gas in our cars? Uh, it might about? be as 2030 when people say, do you remember that old gas car that's out there? Wow. See that? You know the pedal power car? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, are you going to be alive by 2050? No. No, me. I'm Absolutely not either. Not. I'll be done. 2035 yeah. is my end date, I think. i just like to stamp that on there. Yeah. At least I'm not going to work beyond that date, 2035. So the bad news, America... You have 14 years to put up with me until until I retire. <laughs> Figure it out. I don't know. I don't know if I'll be allowed to retire. They probably won't. When are you retiring? Have you made any plans? No. No. Never going to retire. Really? No. I'm like, I've worked too hard. I'm getting up at, I got up at midnight local time on Tuesday, on Thursday. Was it Thursday? Friday, on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. And I got home at 11 o'clock on Friday morning. And then I worked until about six i did take a break to play battlefield for a while but that was it i worked what's it like hi look at my face you can see it's haggard (laughs) destroyed the gray hairs are taken over yeah 
no, you know, you have to get rid of the note. That's what happens when you drive cars all day and have fun, like McLaren GTs mm-hmm. uh, and that type of thing. And Jen, you work your backside off too, don't I you? I do. I work yeah. a lot. I love. I like it, Jen though. coming in because we don't work together in the week. Yeah. <laughs> but I like to see her show up on Saturdays with the latest drama from the office. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. He's about the only one I tell about I stuff like, too. Yeah, it's like, oh, I did this and this happened. <laughs> and I couldn't get this done and I'm running around here worried that I didn't get that done. The one thing is, Jen, nobody could ever say you're not the most diligent, committed worker in any factory or in Thank any you. business, in any you know company. Thank you you. Uh, you worry about it all weekend. I do. <laughs> and I'm like, the beginning of the show, we're talking like the last the half an hour before we come up to, to do the show. And I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm emailing work because this never got done. Yeah, you're super duper busy. Yeah. I love it, though. And that's why I don't think, I'll, one, I don't think I'll be able to retire because the way our Social Security structure is. And the second, it's just I think I might be a little bored. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to be bored driving hot sports cars. Yeah, well, maybe I'll have yeah. to switch. You it's going to be my retirement plan, driving hot sports cars. Uh, you can open a track, Nick. Uh, I'd like to open a track, but I don't know I would spend my money on opening a track unless I'm going to charge people to use it. There's, use it. There's some uh, interesting <laughs> story that came out about Jaguar this week. They were going to have one gasoline vehicle by 2023. That's actually not true. They're not going to have any. None. 2023 is the last. Uh, they're going to go all electric by 2023. Land Rover's doing the same by 2024. I think a lot of these companies that make these decisions and say we're going to go all electric, as the infrastructure takes time to catch up, they're going to back off those plans. They're going to go, oh, yeah, we're not going to go all electric because I think gas cars are going to become a premium. If you own a gas car, I think you'll be able to sell it for huge amounts of money because I think that people won't be able to get charging where they need it. Well, just, and can our power oh, grids hold yeah. this? I mean, seriously. Uh, and how's the landfills going to be with all these batteries? I mean, see, that, that's a misconception. It? Batteries are not recycled like that. They don't go to landfills. Batteries go back to recycling depots. So I'll give you an example. For the 2017 Tokyo Auto Show, uh-huh. I went to a plant which takes all the old Prius batteries and turns them into... Um, they have windmills, cool. which turn it into power, which turn then they use that power to make hydrogen. Okay. So they're hydrogen production plants, but they use all the Prius batteries. But there isn't that many. There's still Priuses on the road that are using the batteries from 10, 10 years ago that haven't had to have them replaced. Are Plenty of them. Majority of them. About 10 years. Yeah, 10 years old. They're I not having so. to be replaced. So all these people are about, oh, there's all these batteries. Those batteries, are, they've got expensive metals in them. They've got expensive, uh, you know, precious metals in them. They're expensive to make. They get reconditioned or they get used for something else that doesn't need the same sort of power structure. So that's just in Japan, though, right? It's everywhere. You can't United just throw States. a battery in a in a refill, Correct. in, a, in a landfill. That's what I'm getting So at. it's not going to happen. Okay. Um, there's going to be massive recycling. They're valuable. Um, interesting enough, the BMW and the new iX, their all-electric SUV, they don't the precious metals that used in it like cobalt mm-hmm. that's mined or that that is mined by BMW BMW make sure even if the supplier uses it that they govern how that metal is because they don't want that destroying land they don't want people getting sick from the mining they are the stewards of the obtaining of any of that material so it has to go through DM, BMW headquartered even if you have a uh, have a portion of it in a third party produced vehicle and their batteries don't have permanent magnets in them. They're, sorry, their engine, their motors don't have permanent magnets in them because they're trying to cut down on the metals. That's So fantastic. you can just go to TikTok and watch my uh, video about the BMW iX and you'll learn all about the recycling in it. The headliner and floor liner is made uh, out of recycled fishing nets by a guy called Pirate Bill. 
That's Arr. very cool. They actually are recycled headliner, and but they're not made. They're not. They're not. They, they are recycled, <laughs> but they're not made by a guy called Pirate Bill. I made that part up. <laughs> just telling you. And it would be cool if it was made by. Can you imagine if we had a recycling company that took fishing nets and made them into interiors of cars, and we called it Pirate Bill's recycling? Ooh, it could be the third-party package. What you got? What do you have on your Mercedes? The Pirate Bill package. Yeah, I got the Pirate Bill package. It's all recycled material. Yeah. Arr, that's a nice Mercedes. <laughs> Oh what what have you got? A Mercedes R <laughs> with the pirate bill, with the pirate bill package. The, the RX the R, version. The RX. Uh, yeah. God, our jokes are lame. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> like, okay. Everyone's got one of these like sixty-year-old people doing a radio show. Yes, we are. No, no we're not. not. <laughs> uh, and Hyundai, I was offering a twenty thousand dollar discount on one of their new vehicles. You want to know what it is? Now they're offering that. Yeah. What? What's for? It's the Nexo, the hydrogen vehicle. Well, come on. Yeah, but we don't That's have hydrogen so cool. stations here. If you want to get one, $20,000 discount. That's what's coming In up. California. All right. Our Auto Expert. You can find it online. Ourautoexpert.com. It's .com. It's here 24-7. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Mile. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response. 